two friends, um, two lines from that song the Lord just highlighted. And I believe that um, the Lord wants to do something right now to speak to us and to do something coming out of that song. So the first line is, Oh, let all that is in me adore Him. Let all that's in me adore Him. And we can't do that. We can't do that when there's unconfessed sin in our hearts. We don't find joy in adoring the Lord for who He is. Because unconfessed sin blocks that adoration, that communion with the Lord. The second line in the song was, He gently sustaineth. And one of the ways that the Lord gently sustains us is by showing us that sin. He brings it to the light so that it can come out be confessed and removed and not hinder our communion, our fellowship, our sense of blessing, our love, our adoration. He gently sustaineth without any condemnation. And I believe the Lord wants to do that right now, that there's some sin in some of our hearts and in our midst that actually is inhibiting praise. So the Lord knows what that is. I don't. But... I have a sense of one thing that the Lord wants to speak to, and that flows out of personal prayer time this week. You know that Pastor Gina and I pray for you by name. And as I was praying for a couple in our congregation this week, I felt that the Lord was giving me a sense of guidance for the husband. And as I pondered, do I deliver this? Do I share it? The sense that I had was actually to share it corporately Not naming, of course, anyone, but to share it corporately because the Lord wanted to speak to all men, all husbands, all those who'd be in relationship through this word. And so scripture says test, test prophecy, test words from the Lord. And so I tested it with Pastor Gina and we tested it with our board chair, Ken Adama, and it seemed good and right to all of us to share it. And so I'm going to share that with you now. And I'm going to encourage you to test it. You don't need to receive it automatically. You weigh this against God's Word and you ask the Holy Spirit to speak. So we're testing it. But there's one more thing. Ladies, no um, elbowing and um, like saying, listen, we trust the Holy Spirit to do His work. I trust that the Holy Spirit will actually be speaking to women as well. So... I'm going to read it twice through, and then I'm going to lead us into family prayer time, which today will be centered around confession. And so I just ask that if you have petitions or praises, that we would hold off on those, and that perhaps there'll be another place where we can bring those or lift those up before the Lord together. This is the Word, and it comes with grace. Do not be so quick to speak your thoughts and your opinions to your wife. Many of your thoughts are critical judgments that do not represent the Lord's love or His wisdom. Your quickness to speech is born out of pride. It disrespects and downplays the ways in which God may give your wife wisdom and speak through her. 
listen more carefully, asking questions that demonstrate genuine interest in what she's saying. As you humble yourself to do this, the Lord will bring about a deeper unity in your marriage. I'm going to read it one one more time. Do not be so quick to speak your thoughts and your opinions to your wife. Many of your thoughts are critical judgments that do not represent the Lord's love or His wisdom. Your quickness to speech is born out of pride. It disrespects and downplays the ways in which God may give your wife wisdom and speak through her. Listen more carefully, asking questions that demonstrate genuine interest in what she is saying. As you humble yourself to do this, the Lord will bring about a deeper unity in your marriage. If the Lord is applying a portion of this to your heart, and you wish um, to percolate on these words, I made, I think, 20 um, copies of it, and I'll just leave them here. You can pick them up whenever you want after the service. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, thank you that you speak. Thank you that you speak personally. And thank you that you don't do it in judgment, but you do it in grace. And so, Holy Spirit, come and search our hearts. Shine the spotlight of your word deep into our thoughts, our attitudes, our actions. And would you highlight that which is not pleasing to you Lead us to confess and repent. Lord, Your Word says it is for freedom that Jesus Christ has set us free. Therefore, do not let yourselves be burdened again by any yoke of slavery. Lord, thank You that as we have confessed sins which kept us bound, that You have removed them. Thank You that every sin that has just been brought up into the light, is taken off of us. Thank you that you you cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Thank you that you cleanse our consciences right now. And so, Jesus, I pray, wash over minds and hearts. Cleanse, lift up, encourage hearts. Lord, we bless You again that You're a God of mercy, slow to anger and abounding in love. And we pray now, Lord, hear all of our prayers. Hear us as we pray. Sorrow. Then I called on the name of the Lord. O Lord, save me. The Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is full of compassion. The Lord protects the simple-hearted. When I was in great need, He saved me. Be at rest once more, O my soul. For the Lord has been good to you. For you, O Lord, have delivered me, my soul, from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believe, therefore, I said, I am greatly afflicted. And in my dismay, I said, all men are liars. How can I repay the Lord for all his goodness to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Precious is the sight of the Lord, is the death of his saints. O Lord, truly I am your servant. I am your servant, the son of your maidservant. 
You have freed me from my chains. I will sacrifice a thank offering to you and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people, in the courts of the house of the Lord, in your midst, O Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. Lord, we do thank you that you are the one who provides a way out. Lord, we thank you that you are with us, that you are Emmanuel. Lord, we thank you that you are with Alita um, and Kathleen as they struggle with health issues, Lord. Thank you that you are Emmanuel. Lord, we pray that you would make yourself known to Mike Force this morning. Lord, as he's given permission and asked for the prayers of this church body, Lord, we pray for him as he's in detox. Lord, would you strengthen him and encourage him. And Lord, would you um, make a way out so that he can stand up under it, that he can resist temptation and walk in your light and in your love and in your freedom. Lord, we thank you and praise you for the ways that you are working in our midst. And Lord, we praise you that there's a new middle school ministry that's launching this Tuesday. And Lord, we pray that you would bless those that would come. Lord, we pray that you would continue to draw the youth to the light of Jesus. Lord, we pray your blessings on that team. Lord, that there would be great joy, great anticipation, great creativity. And Lord, that um, your name would be made great. Lord, we also thank you for the um, spiritual growth connection communities that are clusters that are starting to form, Lord. We thank you for the excitement about that. And, Lord, we pray that you would keep us um, mobilized and excited to grow in our faith, Lord, and to grow together as a community. And so, Lord, would you bless those beginning meetings of people, groups of three, that are meeting together to study your word, to share the highlights from prayer And what you're showing them individually, that they could pray for one another and encourage one another. And so, Lord, make us a church that looks like the early church, where you add to their number daily. We pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. And so, Lord, we ask that as we turn our um, attention to your word, that you would lift that word up that the truth would be proclaimed clearly, that everything that would resist the truth would be silenced. Lord, give us ears to hear Your voice, Your Spirit, Your Word alone. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 8, verses 22 to 25. Someone has a page number? You need Bibles. I'm sorry that we forgot to pass them out. Let's not worry about that right now. I'll read it. It would take, it's a short passage and it would take a while. So, um, apologies. Hear now the Word of God. One day Jesus said to His disciples, Let us go over to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and set out. As they sailed, he fell asleep. A squall came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped and they were in great danger. The disciples went and woke him saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. 
he got up and rebuked the wind and the raging waters. The storm subsided and all was calm. Where is your faith? He asked his disciples. In fear and amazement, they asked one another, Who is this? He commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. God's word. Many of you are aware that um, my opa and oma, that's Dutch for grandpa and grandma, um, 62 and a half years married, died within six and a half days of each other last month. So I've had occasion to be doing a lot of remembering about good times with Opa and Oma, and one of them is this. From the years of about 8 to 12 years old, Opa and Oma took myself and uh, two of my cousins, Mike and Kevin, camping for a week in the summer. And uh, a lot of fun memories from camping, but one time in particular uh, stands out. Actually, this is not a, this is a mixed fun, but not, wasn't very fun. Opa rented, uh, a little motorboat, and he took us out on an, a bay of Lake Ontario, which is quite similar to Lake Michigan. And uh, we weren't out for very long before the wind started to blow. We didn't have a squall, but this little 10-foot boat was getting tossed and turned, and the waves couldn't have been higher than a foot and a half, two feet maybe, you know, but we were up and down and up and down, and that was my first time ever out on a boat like that in open water, I was paranoid. Paranoid. And so were the rest of us, including my Hopa. So I can only you know, begin to imagine uh, what it was like for the disciples to be in a squall where um, the boat's be taken on water and being deluged. And so I did a little, a little looking online for squalls, and um, came up with a really short video that we're going to watch right now that I think is probably larger than what they experienced, but will give us a little bit of a sense of what it's like to be out on open water and um, fearful and not in control. So would you shut the lights, Dave? Could you hit those four white ones down? Yeah, those and the next two. Thanks. And then we'll, we'll watch this. That thing has to be several... Can you flick those lights back on, Dave? Thanks. That thing has got to be several thousand tons. And, and it's just getting pushed around like it's a buoy in the water. It's got, it's got no control and no ability to do anything in the face of those waves. Now, the disciples are in a little boat maybe 20 to 35 feet long. And they're getting, they're getting tossed around like they're a twig in the water. You know, fishermen um, say that as much as you get used to the open water on the ocean, you cannot predict rogue waves. You can, you can um, get used to the regular pattern of waves, but every once in a while there's a coming together of two waves, and when it comes together, if you're in the wrong spot, boom, and you're under. Just like that. And so you might imagine that these guys who are very familiar with the open waters are well aware. At any minute, in a storm like this, at any minute, it's the wrong wave, and we're down, and we're taking in water. We're going, we're already dipping, the front's going under. And so they're starting to feel like, well, what do we do? I mean, we're, we're, we're swamped. We can't bail fast enough. We can't control. 
we've got nothing in the face of the storm. And so if one wrong wave comes, we're done, we're down, we're dead. And so they go to Jesus and they say, Lord, Master, Lord, don't you know that we're going to drown? And in Mark's Gospel, Mark records it as, Teacher, don't you care? Don't you care that we're going to drown? When I hear those words, I, I hear overtones of Israel in the Old Testament saying, God, don't you care that we, we've got nothing to eat? Didn't you lead us out into the, to the desert? Did you lead us out here just to die? Did you lead us out here? It's almost like the disciples are saying, Lord, did you lead us out into the water just to die here? See, it's really about, do we trust you, Jesus? It's about trust. Do we trust you, Jesus? And I think that if you rewind the tape and you go back 15 minutes before the squall hits and the waters are smooth, and you ask each of those disciples, do you trust Jesus? They would say, I trust Jesus. Yeah, I trust him. I, I, I gave up my whole life to follow him. Of course I trust him. But do you really trust him? Yes, I do. I've, I've followed him for, for a year and a half, two years now, and I've, I've seen that he's nothing but love and power, and that wherever he goes, people experience the kindness of God and the deliverance and the freedom of God and the healing of God. Of course I trust Jesus. I've given my life to him. He's giving his life to me. I trust him. They trusted Him enough to get in the boat with Him. They trusted Him when the waters were smooth. But where is that trust gone when the waves are high and the winds are blowing? Lord, help! We're panicked! Sarah Young says that when life is smooth sailing, it's easy to fall into the stupor of self-sufficiency. But when a storm comes along, we're jolted into our awareness of our need for God. Our need for Him to be present, to provide, to be in control, to lead, to guide, and for us to be intimately dependent upon Him to do all those things. You know, as we look at our lives this morning, it's quite easy to say that we experience much of the same as what the disciples were experiencing in the boat in terms of the emotions that come to the surface when a storm hits and we're feeling panicked and we're feeling swamped or deluged or like we're being tossed back and forth and we don't have control of what's happening to us or where we're going our circumstances, and we're afraid, and we feel like I'm in great danger. Those storms can last for five minutes. They can last for five months. Sometimes they can last for five years. But we all experience those storms. They look like an unwanted and unexpected medical diagnosis. They look like the loss of a job or a source of income or the inability to provide for ourselves for some period of time, and all the stress and anxiety that goes with that. They look like the death of a loved one. They look like the betrayal of a friend or a family member. They look like a sin pattern that 
threatens to overwhelm us and that we can't seem to conquer or do anything about. They look like relationship turmoil that for all our efforts doesn't seem to be getting better or going away. Those storms look like people not understanding us, not understanding our faith, rejecting it, pushing us away, making us feel like we're strange. Those storms look like a lot of different things. And when those storms come upon us, in the storm is where we find out whether and how much and how deep is our trust in the Lord. Not our faith in Christ's work on the cross and our position through Christ as children of God, but whether and how much we trust God who is our Father to father us through the storms. And so the disciples in the middle of this storm, they reach out and they don't have a lot of faith, but they do the right thing. You notice that, they, that there's a transition. It happens really quickly, but there's a transition where they recognize, I'm at the end of my rope. We're at the end of our rope. We cannot handle this storm in our own strength. We cannot bail fast enough. We cannot control the direction of the boat. We cannot manage whether we're going to go under or not. We cannot provide for ourselves a way out through this storm that threatens us. And so they turn to Jesus. And they don't have a lot of faith, but they got enough faith to turn in the right direction. And so they turn to Jesus in panic and they say, Help, Lord! Help! And that's the right thing to do. Despite, never mind the lack of faith at this point, that's the right thing to do. Inviting Jesus into the storm. Inviting Jesus into the problem that they face and can't overcome. And so Jesus wakes up. And Jesus stands up. And Jesus looks out. And in great peace, Jesus says, Peace. Be still. And the storm responds to Jesus. To Jesus' authority. Now, I want us to notice something here. It took faith for that storm to be stilled. But it wasn't the disciples' faith. They only had the faith to invite Jesus. Jesus had the faith to stand up and command the wind and the water, be still. Now, if you're anything like me growing up, you'd say, well, that's easy. That's because he's God. But remember, we've been learning how Jesus laid aside his divine privileges in order to become human, fully divine, fully human, but laid aside his omnis. He's not omnipresent. He's not everywhere present. He's not omniscient. He's not all powerful. He's not functioning. He's functioning out of the Holy Spirit's upon him for the work of the kingdom of God. But he's fully human. He was sleeping. Psalm 121 says, 
He who watches over you neither slumbers nor sleeps. God doesn't sleep. Jesus is sleeping. He's operating out of his humanity. And so we need to ask ourselves, what is it that allows Jesus, fully human, our model for humanity, what is it that allows Jesus to sleep in the middle of a storm where the boat's about to go under and they're getting deluged? Because that's God's good news for us this morning. What is it that allows Jesus to sleep? Is a spirit of sonship. That He not only is Son of God the Father, but that He knows fully what it means to be Son, cared for, loved, watched over, protected, provided by the Father in Heaven. Dearly loved. Never separate from. Always watched over. Always given everything He needs. It's the knowledge of His Father, our Father, that allows Jesus to sleep in the middle of a storm. That allows Jesus to stand up and not take the anxiety that a storm like that would bring on himself, but instead to bring his peace to bear on the situation. The peace of God, which lives in Jesus, changes or transforms the whole environment, including including nature and His disciples. His disciples who end up saying to themselves, who is this? Who is this that even commands the winds and the waters? And they obey Him. And so we see that these men, and perhaps some of the women who Luke said last chapter were with Jesus, We don't know who's all in that boat. These men and women who are already committed followers of Jesus Christ, already believe in Him, already have given up their lives for Him, are on a journey still of growing to know who He is. And so, the Lord invites each of us this morning to grow deeper in our awareness of who Jesus Christ is, who we are in Him, and what that means for us. Paul, when he's writing to the Corinthian church, says to them, don't you know, don't you know that those of us who belong to the Lord are one in spirit with Him? We are joined to Him At the level of our spirit, the deepest part of ourselves, we are body, soul, and spirit. When we come to Jesus in faith, we receive His indwelling presence and we're joined together. Jesus, when He's preparing His disciples for His departure at the end of His ministry, His earthly ministry, 
He says, he says to them, My peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And I was struck afresh this week by these words. My peace. My, it's his. The peace of the Lord. When we say to each other sometimes, or I say to you, the peace of the Lord be with you, that's the peace that Jesus experienced and lived with always. So when we bless each other with the peace of the Lord, we're saying, there's a whole lot in there. We're saying, might you know yourself to be such a son or a daughter of God as Jesus knew himself to be? Might you live with the same awareness of our Father in Heaven's care and involvement and blessing as Jesus lived with? Might you live with the same assurance and the same peace that Jesus lived with? My peace I give to you. I don't give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And see that word let? That word let? There's a role for us in here. Which is why Jesus says to his disciples, where is your faith? Because faith is something that has to be not only received, but exerted. And so Paul writes to the Philippians and he says to them, don't be anxious about anything. Do you all have opportunities to be anxious? Yeah? No? I've got to talk to you if you don't. I've got lots of them. Every day. Every day. You've got, you got so many opportunities to be anxious. But Paul says, do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, bring your prayers and your petitions to God. And the peace of God, not something you can manufacture or make up, but the peace of God that lived in Jesus will guard, it will watch over your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. So what are you experiencing right now? What storms might you have been through yesterday or this week or what storms are looming in the week ahead? When the disciples set out from shore, the water was smooth. They had no idea what was coming. They likely wouldn't have got in the boat if they saw the squall. There are storms awaiting us and we don't fear them. There are storms awaiting us that will actually strengthen our faith bringing us deeper into the dependence that we have on the Lord and the beauty of His provision through the storm as we, as we turn to Him and exert our faith. Lord, not panic. Lord, I believe that You and I are one in spirit. Lord, I believe that You're eternal. That I'm united to the eternal God. Lord, I believe that all things were created through you. Lord, I believe that you rule over the kings of the earth, over all mankind. Lord, I believe that you have control over creation. Lord, I believe that you have control over circumstance, over finance, over job, over health, over family. I believe that your will is good. 
I believe that you are love. Lord, I believe. Help me in my unbelief. Lord, I invite you to strengthen me right now. Strengthen me. Lord, bring your peace into this storm. And even if you don't stop the wind and the waves, Lord, this boat ain't going to capsize because you're in it with me. Friends, as we move to this table, be reminded that what we celebrate here is our eternal unity with the Lord. That we're one with Him. We are His body. And He says in His Word, if you feed and you take care of your earthly bodies, how much more will not the Lord Jesus take care of His body? There is nothing that you face or will face that He is not Lord over and willing to bring His peace into. And so let's close by asking Him to strengthen us now with the knowledge that peace. Jesus, You are able to give peace because You had it. And so You could impart it. Lord, You dwell within us and I pray that from the deepest place within each one's inner being that right now that You would impart peace. That You would cause peace to rise up. That You would strengthen hearts. You would strengthen minds. You would strengthen bodies with Your peace. Lord, come on over us. Fill us. Bless us and keep us. We love You, Lord. Amen. The Lord has given us this sacrament of communion to practice turning to Him. To um, practice over and over again even as the disciples called on Jesus in the storm. Jesus has given us this meal to practice remembering to turn to Him, to focus on Him, who is the one who takes us through the storm. And He was preparing His disciples. The Lord Jesus, on the night He was betrayed, took bread, and when He had given thanks, He broke it and said, This is My body, which is for you, Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Jesus preparing us. And so, Lord, we do thank you for these elements and we pray that you would set these apart as holy and Lord would you meet us in this meal Lord would you impart faith and strengthen us for even those storms that you and your sovereignty may allow to come we trust you Lord in Jesus name Amen And so in just in a few minutes, I'm going to invite you to come. And we're going to share this bread that he gave, his body broken for each of you that believe in Jesus as your Lord and Savior. We're going to partake of a cup that will have juice. And that cup 
reminds us of his blood poured out for the complete forgiveness of all of your sins. This meal is for anyone who believes that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, who is humbly seeking to follow him. If you're actively walking in sin and rebellion, we ask that you would refrain and not come to the table until you've confessed your sin and turned away. But most certainly, his blood, this is a reminder that his blood forgives us, that he's forgiven us of our sins. If you're a child and you haven't made profession of faith yet, we ask that you would not take of the elements. And so if you have children or grandchildren here, you can explain this meal as something that they have to look forward to as they come to accept Jesus as their Savior and let us, the, the church, know about that. And so I'm going to ask at this time that our board members would come up. And um, Chet and Dwayne, if you could serve over here, and Ken and Pastor Dave over here. We do have um, this morning gluten-free corn tortilla. If you need gluten-free, there's a plate here. So, And so, family, we get to partake of this meal. And so we eat and we drink. We remember and believe the shed blood and the body of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, receive the Lord's blessing. Blessing upon blessing, right? Because we just received a blessing. But the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. The Lord be gracious to you and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen.